Network Radio. This week's show is a journey into consciousness, working through the wonderful trance mediumship of Mick and Sylvie Avery, with wisdom brought through by spirit guide Gregory Hay. To find out more about their work, you can visit www.spirit-teaching.com. Hello Gregory, welcome to another show. Hello my dear friend, Ian. Hello, with love and light, blessings be upon your pathway. Hello. 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 Okay, what I thought I'd do this week is uh, I've got quite a few questions lined up on mysteries um, and also other things I'd like to touch on. Now last week we had the um, anniversary of 9-11 and there seems to be a growing truth movement um, amongst people including architects, uh, firefighters and other groups that all seem to be pushing for another investigation or even an open commission um, into what happened on yes. 9-11. Um, yes. there, was a res- there was a commission done um, after 9-11, but it was a complete whitewash, basically. And that's so, right. That's right, yeah. So what most of the um, investigations or uh, truth, truthers, as they're known, are, tr- are trying to push for is um, some answers to do with Building 7, which seem to come down freefall um, in much the same way that a controlled demolition would happen. Yes. So I just wonder what your thoughts on that are. I would not disagree with that. In in actual fact, my dear friend, the inherent structure should have really been able to withstand uh, several strikes from different angles. Yes, but in the case of Building 7, it wasn't hit by anything. It was the, f- the third building that went down. Yes, yes, quite so. But I'm saying in any event, with all of these situations, uh, that it is exactly the same for the other two buildings, which, uh, which actually uh, collapsed, which were actually hit. Yes? Right. Yes. And that in actual fact, their inherent structure should have been able to withstand even the implosion of the top eight or ten stories uh, levels of that building to collapse upon one another, and then even the weight of that should have been able to be withstood by the actual frame and structure of the remaining building. Yes. So what they're saying is that in order for those buildings to have come down in the way that they did then the steel beams holding those buildings would have had to have become molten. And they're saying that the heat generated from those fires would not have done that. So what they're saying is it it seems likely that um, demolition or, uh, I don't know, explosives were used to bring down the buildings and thermite apparently has been found in um, in the area where the buildings came down. Yes, I understand. So, I understand yeah. about that. Uh, the situation is actually, it, it, in a sense, it means that we would have to microscopically look at all of the surveillance of the entire area at the time, both from within the situation of people who were within the building at the time and also those which who were outside of it. Yes. Well, there's some testimonies of people hearing explosions before the buildings came down. And in, yes, in one, I understand that. Yes, and in one, in one particular piece of footage, as the, the building started to come down, a lot further down the building, you could actually see a puff of smoke come out horizontally, almost like it was an explosive device used in you know, part of a demolition process. Yes. The only point, my dear friend, that I would wish to make about such things as that are that not to be confused with when a building does collapse that there are certain fractures of infrastructure which occur when a building is in a state of collapse, which are to do with various services, perhaps to do with some such things to do with the um, the air conditioning or some other such uh, gas or liquid which is brought into the building as a service that when various parts of it begin to collapse I'm not giving them a way out here I'm just merely stating a fact that there are other service uh, situations which can be interrupted and ruptured in certain specific ways 
when a building actually collapses. That's exactly the same as if you had uh, created, uh, put explosives within it, it would still bring about the same thing, that there would still be these situations where pipes perhaps would not have been completely emptied of water or whatever, but would actually remain full and that kind of thing, even if the building hadn't been used for months and months or even years. Yeah. And had fallen into derelict repair. So what, I mean, what brought down the buildings? Was it thermite? Um, was it something other than the planes, basically? I cannot specifically answer that at this time. Okay, okay. I will be happy to, once we have a condition of supply of that answer. Yes. Is, is things heating up in that direction, would you say? I would say, my dear friend, that there are a great many questions that need to be answered and should be answered by those authorities, not particularly ones which are politically biased in one direction or another, but those uh, of a full and frank inquiry uh, within that. So I would say, in point of fact, that uh, many people need those answers so as least to satisfy themselves of the validity of it, yes. Yes. I mean, is there anything you can tell us about it that we don't know, or is that something we need to find out as we move forward? As um, You know, we don't want to break free will here, but is there anything that you could tell us that perhaps is in the public domain that you could enlighten us with? Well, um, not that specifically, my dear friend, because much of it is, as I say, continues really in a sense to be conjecture. It is really for those who need to uh, bring about the truthful state of it, uh, not the not the blanket uh, situation created by organizations as were hurriedly put together in the immediate aftermath of it. That is no good at all. It needs to be a complete and frank uh, open air um, situation of all of the facts of it. And that means every single detail, including, of course, all of the energy which led up to it and the reasons for the chaos which ensued. Uh, Particularly, I have to say, for uh, even within the situation of the poor uh, firefighters going into the buildings themselves with completely inadequate uh, 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 abilities to communicate with one another. Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. I just thought I'd cover that in the first part of the show anyway. Not to um, focus too much on that, really, but the, the theme of the show really is about um, just unlocking some mysteries around certain questions, and obviously that came up last week. And I yes. know there's a great many people that are pushing for this, and I know that we have to be very careful about breaking free will and that people yes. are moving ahead with that anyway. Yes, so, and there should, there should, I have to say, be people that are pushing for it. It needs to be aired. Yes, indeed. That's, so, yes. Okay, so um, now one thing I do want to throw in now, um, this is something that um, that came up a a few weeks ago. We we had some people contact the website um, quite late in the evening one Saturday night and what it appeared to be was um, a number of um, youngsters, I don't know if they were teenagers or in their 20s, but they were clearly messing around with Ouija boards and it seemed like they... They were either, they, they panicked because they either brought through something they didn't like. Um, well, in either case, they did they did something they didn't quite like it. They phoned up a number that was on the website asking for help. So what I would like to do really is that obviously with, with the website, a lot of new people are coming on board. They're looking into uh, mystery, mysteries, esoteric kind of things, and perhaps because they're not so knowledgeable about what you, you shouldn't do. Um, I think it'd be good to give people an insight how dangerous Ouija boards can be, um, what sort of protection they could possibly do if they have done that, or just any advice on the subject. Yes, my dear friend, um, you could say, I suppose, that the advent of Doreen Virtue and uh, those kinds of boards uh, has a great deal to answer for. Right. That's my first point. Yes. Because people actually who uh, bandy with such instruments really do not know what they are doing or what they are inciting. And I know that there is quite a large school of thought 
that feels there is no possibility whatsoever of anyone in the physical side of life becoming harmed or contaminated in any way or approached by any such things as negative energies from the spirit world because for some people such energies simply do not exist. When in fact they do, don't they? Of course, yes. Uh, If people wish to live in the mystical world and or uh, in mythological uh, states of mind, that is a matter for them. But to say that the same situation which exists in the physical world reality, that is that there are very good people and also people who are deranged and people who have lost their marble, as it were, lost their mind, lost their concept of what is good behavior or bad behavior, morally may well be declined or wanting, means to say that there are great many situations which continue to be prevalent in the spirit world of which some people can become affected by most deeply when using such an instrument or even when inciting uh, uh, perhaps even matters of um, some kind of witchery which are not to do with the inherent beauty of the planet itself or her energies, but actually to incite uh, vulgar rituals and those of uh, predominance of an emergent energy which is uh, extremely angry and critical and um, lusting for power. Does that eventually come back on the person if I do that? Well, it would anyway, yes. Quite so. In exactly the same way, my dear friend, that you may have uh, some people who are perhaps doing this to start with and that then perhaps may even that the approach is made by a so say uh, loving spirit and who may actually in the first parts of this may uh, in fact incite love and uh, beauty and come out with these wonderful words and phrases and all of that and appear perhaps even over a, over a set of consecutive nights or, or times when the board is used. I understand, my dear friend, we were engaged at one time in looking over some children uh, from a particular school who had, uh, which was a Roman Catholic school, and they had uh, clubbed together and been acting on uh, Ouija boards in order to make contact with the spirit world so say actually to be able to make contact with their own guides and spirit helpers or anyone who was close by uh, of ancestral heritage or something like that and in actual fact what happened was that they were visited by some extremely dark energies who had created mayhem in their physical life and continued to do so in the spirit world However, of course, beings of that kind of energy tend to be, in a sense, in their own division, in their own vibration index, which, of course, is of a different vibration than someone who is completely loving and perhaps elsewhere within the spirit world with different uh, nuances to do with their life experience. And so these children had actually fallen foul to this uh, very dystoic energy at the time. So what, what happens with their, with their guides? I mean, do they step in and try and help? Or is it a case of it's free will? You know, you, you well, need to ask for help. How does that work? Well, yes, you need to ask for help. But also, if your, want, if your wanton actions are there to the disgrace or that you do not actually realize or perhaps that you are considering it as a game then perhaps it may well be don't forget friend that your physical life is your responsibility not your spirit guides certainly not your doorkeeper's responsibility they may well be in a sense trying to as bearing witness to your life being as clear as possible, but it may well be that their emergence has not even become configured in that person's physical life. And so it may well be, just quite simply, 
that the physical person doesn't even know that they're there. Yeah. So would that mean then that the, your doorkeeper still has a dual responsibility to you being that you are having a physical life? Well, of course, to a point. But there again, if it's not free will, what is it? You are the person or the person in in trouble is the one who is creating the free will magnanimously for themselves. They would have to be able to see that journey through because they created it and started it. I know, perhaps in all innocence, however, the mind attention is, it's that person's decision. It's their description. Yes. So... You know, what I'd like to do is because, um, you know, a great many people that listen to this probably know how to protect themselves and they probably wouldn't put, put themselves in that situation. Yes. Um, what, just, just for the, um, you know, to help our listeners really, is that yes. why, why is it with a Ouija board um, that you can bring through these negative energies and then if, if obviously if you sit in a circle or you meditate, you perhaps won't? Or... Is there no fine line between that? Is it just the intention that you've got and your desire, if you like? Yes, then- absolutely so. So, for example, dear friend, then, if you have a Ouija board and you are intent on using it, you must always use the right invocation. You must ask of the spirit world to be blessed, to be present with you. That is only through the loving energy and kindness of the spirit world. And you would say the same in, in information as you would for your own meditational state, which would be to my highest guides and help a second to none. Bless me, keep me safe at this time that I sit or that I control this Ouija board. Knowing that all that is said, done, heard, felt and sensed in any way is with absolute love. And as I give of myself to this state of interaction, I wish for only loving energy to be the insightful passage from our, from your world to ours. So this, this also works in the same way whether you're doing table tipping, Ouija board, meditation, anything where you're kind of opening yourself up to spirit and you're not in yes. tune with your own spirit in a sense so you're externally putting contact out to other entities whether they be extraterrestrial their spirit or whatever then you should make sure that your intentions are set that invocation that you said there is you can use that can't you yes and the same exactly the same my dear friend if you are using a crystal or scrying sure yeah or cards or whatever it is whatever you are going to do You always need to state your intention. Why have you come? What logic are you bringing? Are you wishing to be respectful? And are you asking for the spirit world to honor that respect you are creating? You have to ask yourself then the intention and mean it. For it is only within the greatest and utter respect that you make of these conditions, that these conditions can be fully honoured. And even then, my dear friend, it may just be that particularly if you are in a building or a place which is already uh, known to be uh, where there are dwellings or latent energies which are of a a dystoic nature, then you had better not be alone. But you had better be uh, with... Uh, others who are also then going to bring in that energy and consolidate it. So let's just go into a situation now where um, a number of individuals have done this and they're obviously quite remorseful and they're scared and fearful and perhaps they, they won't do this again, but what could they do to gain protection like they, they may feel <clears throat> they're under attack they may feel that per- perhaps the presence that's still with them and if knowing that they've got a guide they've got a doorkeeper is there anything they can do to protect themselves because we do have the power to do that don't we well uh, yes but however it's in a sense i would rather not rest the situation on the after effect that is then uh, ensuing because yeah, it means yeah. that you've got to clear all this matter up 
And in many respects, if you are beset by some kind of dystoic energy, then in in any event, what you are really going to do is you're going to have to sit down and sort it out. Yeah. Stoic energy and as to what problem there may be. That means communication. That means continuing on with the process. So you can't just walk away from it, get up and walk away from it. We've had many people, dear friend, who have been and visited many a graveyard and have brought back all kinds of situations to themselves within their own home, uh, finally ending up in being pinned up against a wall or having the taps turned on and off at will at random or doors closed in their faces, all kinds of manner of objects, even children held upside down. So it is a matter of that this is actually quite a serious event effect that People have to be responsible when they are communicating with the spirit world. It is not fun and games. Now, I completely understand what you're saying there. The reason I was asking the question was just for anybody who's listening to this who may have done this already, yes. and they're obviously quite remorseful and they, they wouldn't do it in the future, but yes. what they could do to ensure that the, they are safe and protected and know that perhaps whatever's with them, they, that there's something they can do. Yes, I understand that. Sometimes there are certain people uh, who have ability to bring forward what we call a spinal cleanse. That will depend upon the nature of the errant energy at work. Uh, It may well be that these kinds of energies are, in a sense, that what has to be done, and I understand that some people would say, oh, well, yes, we'll just send them to the light and all of that and all will be well. Um, Perhaps even calling on Archangel Michael or whatsoever. If that is what is in your mind and you think that that will work, then please do continue to try that if that is your will. However, uh, there are others who will swear by smudge sticks um, and uh, sweet grass or um, or white sage or whatever and in or in conjunction with this of course you would have to use traditional uh, native uh, sayings as well and invocations to move along with that uh, there are also other situations as i say in uh, desperate forms which will uh, bring a, mean that you'll have to bring about healing to one another and that kind of thing But as I say, in the main, it really is a matter of uh, being able to make contact and communicate with these situations of dystoic figures who then need help, perhaps, in uh, resolving any issues they may have. Maybe it's not a matter of that. Maybe they're just up to mischief and want to create that kind of mayhem in another person's life. And we're just waiting for you to come and help them to do that. Yes. As I say, much of this is about behavior, but there are other insightful ways that you may be able to protect yourself in the future. But once you have initiated this path, you have to do a lot of work to resolve it. It is sometimes very difficult. We know of many beings who have actually been afflicted with such results for many, many years. Okay. All right, well, thank you for for answering that question. I think that's a very useful um, lesson there for people listening to the show. And I know we get a lot of new people that are coming into it, so it's important that um, we educate them as well. Yes, just please be respectful. That is all that I can say. Okay. Now, I'm going to sort of jump um, about here with different questions. Um, One of them I just want to ask, because the last show we did before this one was about... Um, UFOs and stuff like that and you, you mentioned something in there I, I asked a question and you said actually the question I asked was um, do you see disclosure coming in the near future and you kind of answered it in a way um, that if 60,000 people see an object they can't explain then you know then you can't cover it up right and I wasn't sure whether you were talking about something that was going to happen in the future or whether you were talking about something that happened already in the past you know, yes. such as the Phoenix Lights however um, there was two huge um, UFO uh, scenarios recently in China one of them was apparently on July the 22nd around the solar eclipse and according to reports on the internet and news stories coming out of China 
they're saying that millions witnessed this huge UFO by the sun. Do you know anything about this? Uh, Yes, and just that it happened. I don't know who it was explicitly, although uh, we have indications that it is, um, well, that it it has potential to being, in in a sense, uh, continuing to uh, uh, express situations. Uh, It's not the same as those who were present in Mexico, for example. As that, I understand, was viewed by some 30-odd thousand people. And and that was a very uh, true situation as well. And uh, it's only really a matter of time before it becomes um, obvious to many governments that they simply cannot continue this pretense. Mm. Well, what was interesting about this one was not only had it been reported to be witnessed by millions of people in China, but also that um, I think a group called the Purple Mountain Observatory, which is a bunch of scientists who witnessed it, are actually studying high-quality video footage, which they say they're gonna, it's going to take them at least a year to uh, dissect and investigate all the data. But it's being taken up seriously by Chinese scientists. So yeah. it's quite exciting. And also it seems that China is not suppressing it like the West is, which is quite interesting. No, no, quite so. Well, exactly, because the point is that uh, the power of the people within China is, in actual fact, uh, I know that they're very suppressive of such things as the Internet and all of that. Um, However, there are other things of which, which plainly happen in broad daylight or whatever that... Uh, are simply not going to go away, including, of course, their own responsibility about such matters as uh, the the way in which rainfall erosion happens to bring about landslides and all of the rest of it. They're not backward in that respect. They accept responsibility, which is perhaps something that the Americas and other countries have to take a leaf from in understanding that they are, in part, responsible for their own environment and what happens within it, even within the Yangtze River and the, the definition of the, uh, the last uh, Chinese river dolphin. Uh, that was some years ago. The last one that was actually caught by fishermen uh, was thought to have, uh, in a sense, uh, been the final nail in its coffin, and even they had actually held their hands up about that and have been uh, really quite understanding about how they have to move forward differently. I feel that you will see that what will actually happen is that many people, many Chinese people within their own country will actually pressurize uh, the whole situation, the system of their manufacturing base to become much more ecologically based. Um, and that they would see that as a forefront of their own marketplace as in protecting their own people as well as being able to export it. Yeah, that's, that's good. So it does have some very positive benefits, you see, uh, not as in the way of the North American continent, which is still beset by very major problems, particularly to do with the open shaft mines of uh, uh, past uranium and uh, all of that, and the the ecological disasters uh, unwielded by that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, this, this might be a, a shallow throwaway comment here, but I look at China as being they they are they can be quite oppressive, but they're doing it. Um, they're honest about it. They're doing it up front. Where America, they pretend to be or the West, we pretend to be um, less oppressive, but actually we do it all behind the scenes, if you like. We're more secretive about it. Much more manipulative, Mm. yes. Quite so, that's right. Yes, Uh, particularly, of course, the uh, situations and matters to do with radio waves and the uses of energy within them. Yeah, okay. Is that that like for mobile phones or the the harp Uh, thing? No, I'm talking really about weapons. Weapons. Yes. Yeah, okay. All right, so I'm just going to jump on to something now completely different. Um, That's that's kind of the theme of tonight. Um, Now, this one is um, to do with 
now the, the story came my way in the week I was reading something about um, people that can disappear into nothing okay and so I'll just read out what this says and then I'll, I'll get your, your point of view on this right the actual story was um, called Stumbling to Nothingness and it's a, a story about James Watson um, from Leamington Spa in England in 1873 who was apparently a simple shoemaker um, who fancied himself as an athlete and one day he made a bet of his friends that he could run non-stop from Leamington Spa to Coventry and apparently what happened was um, his friends got into a horse and cart to follow him doing the run and as he was running he tripped and fell but then just literally never hit the ground he just disappeared into oblivion so I don't know if you've ever heard of that story or stories like that where people can just suddenly disappear Yes, I understand. That's very, very similar, in fact, to some of the situations that happen um, in, with regard to other beings of other states of reality, uh, particularly fairy, in fact. Not to say that they are uh, inclined to trip and fall over themselves, but rather that they tend to disappear at will or at a time which is opportune so that they would not be, uh, perhaps, shall we say, uh, caught unawares or uh, caught within some impending crisis. That's exactly the same as sometimes can happen from the spirit world to do with people who then are, in a sense, averted from disaster. doesn't mean to say they necessarily come back. It may well be that they simply move into a different dimensional corridor. Yeah. So would they move into a different kind of timeline where he would still be running and continue? Or would he have kind of just disappeared and died and end up in the spirit world? Because, I mean, I suppose the concept opens up some sort of parallel universe or a parallel life somehow. But there are many. That's the point, really. The point is you are uh, sitting where you are and uh, everyone else is sitting where they are or walking or whatever. But what you have to understand is what other dimensions really are. And that is if you can imagine that there are other worlds or other situations where perhaps there is nothing at all in the place of where you are in one different dimension or within three different other dimensions, there may well be a solid uh, uh, situation or maybe it is um, some kind of, of magma or some other kind of maybe even deep earth or rock or solid rock or something like that. Mm. So it may well be any number of different situations of which you are just vibrating in one particular time when and in one particular location of vibration. That is the universe that you see because it is within a specific vibrational state. So everything that you see at this present in time not necessarily is static, but that some of it may well be moving in and out of uh, different dimensions and that you just happen to see it at a point of when it's actually visiting your dimension yeah what can happen with some people is that events may happen which simply means that for reasons of one thing or another that their physical vibration just completely accelerates or decelerates from the vibration of who they are. So then they would end up in another dimension, wouldn't they? Another universe. That is possible. Or, as you say, it may, may be that is a situation which just simply happens and the person actually passes from that. Mm. Well, I mean, it would be quite a traumatic experience to disappear and, be, and appear in a different universe, wouldn't it? Even if it was just subtly different from this one that I'm I in right now. Be- Yes, I, I, I would think, my dear friend, that it would be extremely uh, uh, that way, regardless of what happened. Mm. If you suddenly found yourself within some other situation, or even past, yes. that everything was just collapsed. Yes, yes. So I cannot comment upon that individual person. I will try to locate them. 
Sure. And bring you a direct answer. Okay. Yeah, that'd be good. Because there's there's a, a, a phenomena called the Oz factor. I don't know if you're aware of that. Um, or time storms where there seems to be situations where a fog appears and and then people witness almost like a different time or dimension or they could be walking through the countryside and then all of a sudden they see a scene from the past or they might even see a very subtle different scene of now so i'll give you an example um you know like a few cars might be parked in this way and that way or just here and a tree might be just located here with its leaves like this in one time frame but then they kind of see it from a different time frame where everything's subtly different and then they come back to the current time frame where where they are now but it all, that, that seems to suggest that there's another reality that's just subtly different from the one they're in that depends entirely upon the motive and the situation at the time it's not necessarily that that is what that person is viewing it may well be that it's a situation of their own consciousness or of their own time when that is something that's affecting their own uh, conscious state of reality. So partly what may be happening, if particularly if there is only one person who is exhibiting it or understanding it's happening in front of them or around them at that time, may well be that the situation is purely happening to them because of other constraints or other situations happening with their spirit or with their own perception of that reality at the time. Maybe it can be that within the situation that you just painted to do with where there are time scenes that evolve so that, for example, you suddenly find yourself that you are viewing a different time when of a different uh, nature Perhaps, maybe same location, maybe not, maybe a different location even. That can be actually due to a fabric uh, situation which is happening because of latent energy and trapped within the molecules and cell structure of the place itself, which is a bit like a ghostly image in a sense, which is then repeated by, uh, by uh, simply because of your presence of energy. And oftentimes, these will be trigger centers for these kinds of description. So simply because, not necessarily that you are linked to the, the situation at all, but that you're actually seeing it and viewing it because your actual physical presence and your spirit presence ignites the timeline and enables that pattern to play out. So are there places where dimensions can sort of bleed through or touch that you know more that so are, than, uh, yes. sorry. yeah i'm sorry friend that are thinner where the veil yes. is thinner where the the uh, difference between your time when and vibration and their and a different time when and vibration become more thin or more contactable I would say, dear friend, that oftentimes what had happened in the past was that sites of religious significance had been placed at uh, or near convergent energy centers. And that is really why. That's mm. the reason for it. Because people in long ago history had felt that these places and these situations, these kinds of vehicles would enable them to perhaps become closer to the spirit world or to where they thought that they were going to be traveling to upon their passing. Mm. So how, how does that fit into the Bermuda Triangle? Is, is that really a place that seems to be thin or is that completely unrelated to that? Well, my dear friend, I have to say that there are certain physiological conditions tied to the Bermuda Triangle or the area that's notified as being that, which is simply bringing about the manifestation of certain simple structures, which are to do with uh, three different energy situations. That is, that the sea is very shallow at the, on the entire area. And yet there are uh, situations of troughs also uh, embedded around that area. 
Also, for a number of square miles over the entire area, it doesn't matter which direction you turn into, each direction appears to be the same. Mm, it's a magnetic problem. It's a magnetic problem, and also, figuratively, dear friend, when you look at it, if you are uh, above it, for example, then each island actually, at certain points and intervals, looks as though it's the same island that you've just gone over. Okay. So there are very great similarities to do with this. Also, I have to say, to do with the depth of water means to say that the actual oceanic currents in that place are notorious because the, it's so shallow and also because they are convergent currents, uh, both moving in from the south and coming down from the north, and also other pressures which are to do with ongoing uh, uh, from ocean to land energies, which are to do with uh, simple climatic reasons. So these are just the simple facets of a physical envelope that mm. you are observing. Sure. At, at times, it will be that people simply lose their bearings and uh, uh, become very disorientated purely by being in that area. It can happen for a number of reasons. Either visually, they become impaired simply because of the energy of the place or because many parts of it all look the same. There are other situations, as I had said, to do with the actual magnetism of the place as well, which has a great bearing. It means that uh, such things as gyroscopes and various other technological aids, uh, particularly magnetism, uh, tends to be unearthed or unhinged, as it were. Okay. These then make uh, it quite difficult for people to navigate their way through it and uh, oftentimes simply get lost. So does the magnetic problem there cause electrical problems as well? So Yes, absolutely so. It changes yeah. the polarity. Uh, if it were, my dear friend, that airplanes would instead fly on valves instead of electromagnetic fields uh, within uh, uh, switchable situations, electronic switches, then it, it would be a completely different scenario. Yeah. So nothing's really disappeared into thin air as such. It's just that the electrics have gone, they're confused by the magnetics, and then they end up crashing into the sea. Or, yes, absolutely so, friend. Or, as in the case of ships and that kind of thing, oftentimes the shallowness of the sea means that storms can actually whip up out of nothing. That's exactly the same in the Argean Sea or any other part, of many other parts of the Mediterranean, in fact. So you would have many different situations where there's complete dissolution because you may have a completely fine day that's bright and sunny and not a cloud in the sky. And yet, in simply in 15 or 20 minutes, there can be a storm from nothing at all, which is simply because of the convergent energies and the different simple structures which happen because of the climatic conditions and controls in that given area. So... Because I've seen um, documentaries on huge super waves that these things just pop out of, out of nowhere. They're absolutely massive. Yes, absolutely so. Is, is this what you're talking about? These kind of yes. waves that can just come up? And yes, at times. And yeah. sometimes, my dear friend, I have to say, these can be simply because of uh, specific, specific spasm shifts which happen on the ocean floor due to crust activity. The Earth's crust is not something that's stable and solid and never moves or anything like that. There are all different kinds of sink wells and situations that happen within the Earth's crust, of many of which are actually uh, simply not seen and not observed. Sure, okay. Because I mean, one of the schools of thought is that um, there was some kind of energy there in the Bermuda Triangle, or like a portal or some huge... Thing that was a um, part of Atlantis or something like that that was causing all disappearances in the area. Well, Atlantis wasn't anywhere near it, so. Okay. But in actual fact, my dear friend, the only, uh, uh, in a sense, uh, form of island that was similar to that 
was actually uh, now, in fact, in the mainland of northern America, but at that time was actually under the ocean. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, continuing on with the um, with the kind of ship uh, meme, anyway, was <laughs> the um, there's a, there's a ship called the Mary Celeste. Um, yes. Have you heard of that? I have. Which which is a complete mystery because um, it was sailing towards Gibraltar. Um, I, I know of and hang on, when was it? Is it in 1875 or something like that? Somewhere around. Somewhere that. like that, anyway. But. It, they just found it, didn't they, with um, all the crew missing. Nothing seemed to be, to be stolen. There was no bad weather conditions in the area. Um, it's just a complete mystery what happened to the people. Do you, do you know what happened? I haven't met any of them, my dear friend, so <laughs> I can't actually comment. However, it is quite close to my own timeline. Yeah. So, uh, and I understand that there were different situations which happened of a similar nature in other places around the planet at different times where crews were completely missing from yeah. certain vessels. And usually they were either merchant or war-like vessels. So, I mean, do you know what that could have been? Or you need to research it before you get back to us? I would really need to research it and make sure of uh, that by actually talking with some people from it. Okay. And obviously that would be the, the right course to take. Sure. Now that's fine. Um, okay. Now another one is the Loch Ness Monster. Monster. Yes. What, what, is, what is Nessie? D- does he exist? Or she? Or them. Or them. <laughs> it looks prehistoric, doesn't it? It looks oh, like... Oh, yes. Absolutely, of course. Yes. A form of uh, large uh, plesial saw, I understand. Yeah, because so because the lot is kind of a self-contained pond, isn't it? It's like a huge self-contained pond, and they've sent really? um, they've kind of sent subs down, haven't they, to to try and locate Nessie? But um, where does where do they hide? Where do they? What's their habitat? There are actually uh, uh, underground caverns. Right. Yes. And I understand that there are certain feeds from the ocean as well. So, do they, what, what would they be called if there was a name? I mean, we call it Loch Ness Monster, but they are... They are plesiosaurs. They are plesiosaurs. So they're basically uh, still around since the dinosaurs, really. Yes. Yeah. Well, so are others. Uh, sure. crocodiles alligators are yeah. still are still here on your side of life i understand you have many thousands of species of birds too there yeah. are raptors from uh, other forms of life that were um, different forms of reptile at different stages of evolution and also of course in china there are still dragons really Yes. So when you say dragons, are these dragons that breathe fire? Well, or dragons that fly? What, what? They have bad breath, yes. <laughs> so how, how close are they to the stereotype dragon? Well, they're very large. But yes. I mean, are, they, are they hostile? Well, I understand, dear friend, that they're not that friendly. Right, okay. And I understand that certain situations have been that um, they had been seen quite recently. Right, yeah, I've, I've heard this too. Is there been, is there dragons been seen, and this is going to sound bizarre now, but in Australia? I am not aware of that. Not aware of that. I would have to go and consult with some Aboriginal people to really find out. Yeah, but also there's, in London there's, there's, there's lots of... Um, I don't know, uh, logos and crests that have dragons on. There seems to be a love affair with dragons going back into our history as well in the UK, especially London. I mean, was there dragons in, in, in England's history as well? If you, I mean, this, I know this is a bizarre question, but you've kind well, of brought it up. Uh, yes, yes. I mean, uh, what, George and a dragon? <laughs> you know. Yes, but he wasn't English, friend. Right, okay. And the whole point of that was 
really in a sense of uh, the tribalism that was happening at that time. Yeah. I understand that, however, there had been uh, different forms of uh, very large uh, reptile who had existed and continued to live quite happily and ferociously, I have to say, in many different places, uh, particularly uh, in Eastern Europe, Mm. as well as the steppes of Russia, as well as China. And in different forms in China, that they have developed in many different ways. Uh, Some that actually had uh, very large arm-like wings. Mm. So how can they fly? Or they, you know, like some some things have wings, but they're kind of too heavy or, you know, cumbersome to fly. But can these dragons actually fly? I understand that there were some that could, yes. Yeah. Wow. The thing is, I mean, when I look back in history, you know, there's a saying that there's no smoke without fire. And, you know, these things, things that are set up as myths, they, they must have some kind of basis going back in time. Yes, absolutely so. And in actual fact, friend, that dragons have been written about for thousands and thousands of years. Yes. Wow. I mean, I wouldn't like to meet one, really. But, I mean, can, I mean, can they actually breathe fire? I know you said they've got bad breath, I've but, I mean... No. I've never met one, dear friend. Uh, I have met many dinosaurs. Yes. Of course, because they still exist in the spirit world. Yes. And in many other situations, depending, of course, upon the evolution of, uh, and the pathway of the planet at that time. Yeah. So in many other worlds, which exist within other universes as well as your own, there are uh, situations that are still exhibiting those kinds of beings. Mm. It's amazing that, um, you know, when you think how small we are, um, that these beings could be so huge. You know, it's, it's, it's incredible. But then again, we're, we're huge to an ant, so it's all relative, I guess, in a way. Yes, and, and in actual fact, for many who are uh, or who had been in the past uh, perhaps uh, beings of a different nature, it may well be that those beings were um, three or four times as tall as you are. Mm. Yeah. It's okay. just because you are living upon the planet's surface at this present time. After all, dear friend, you have had five million years to evolve. Yeah, we've had plenty of time, haven't we, really? Yeah. To, to grow oh. up. <laughs> no, I'm only, I'm only joking. Sideways, yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Um, so the, the other thing I wanted to talk about, and this, this kind of goes into a little bit what we were saying earlier about viewing different time or time storms and that's something that happens quite often to people all the time and it happened to me a lot actually when I was younger but that doesn't seem to happen as much now and that's déjà vu it's where you you know you get that feeling that a whole scene happens in front of you and you just feel and sense and taste and everything you've done it before it's so familiar and I just wonder what what your thought on that is Well, oftentimes, dear friend, these kinds of thoughts and feelings actually come back through the soul group of your intention, your harbour of love, where you originated from as a pure, beautiful spirit. And oftentimes these are actually to do with emergent journeys of others who have been from your soul group. So part of what you are doing is experiencing intensive love journeys of others from your soul group destiny. Which means to say that because love in the spirit world is actually without barrier and without border, it means that when you yourself as a physical being dip into your own higher consciousness of your spirit, what you are actually doing is in a sense moving into the dimension of your soul group through your beautiful spirit. Because your spirit never fully comes into the physical life in any event. So what in actual fact is happening is that you are recollecting journeys and instances, situations of deep relationships which had continued to happen long before you ever had a physical life or perhaps just before you had a physical life and to do with a different individual's intention. Just because of the fact that your existence within the soul group is so intensively loving means that 
your journey with other beings in this respect, because of your love for them and their for you, means that the images and the situations of illumination appear to you as though they are yours. Mm. Love is that real. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in my situation, it was something really trivial. It's like, I, was in, I think it was in my teen years, and I just walked out of a newsagent, and then I was in the doorway, but time seemed to slow down, and then the whole scene just became heightened, high resolution, but it's like I lived that moment uh, before because I just recognised the whole scene, the, all the sounds, the senses, the smells, and then in a flash I was back to just looking out of the scene. Yes. The scene didn't seem to have any significance, but it was just the most powerful feeling. But, my dear friend, part of actually what you were experiencing there was actually to do with your spirit being in tune with your consciousness and you were seeing the scene as though you had never seen it before, yet it was completely familiar. Mm. Which means that what was actually happening was that you were seeing it the way your spirit would see it. Okay. So that was, in a sense, you being in the purest state of being. And so if you became into that purest state of being all the time, it would actually be quite dysfunctional mm-hmm. and quite impossible for you to orientate yourself within the physical world, which is the reason why it is, dear friend, that people oftentimes who experience, experience states of bliss or perhaps enlightenment within the physical lifetime become so full of bliss and so uh, primeval in a sense to do with their core energy and the energy of their beautiful, pure spirit that they seem and appear lost for words or they speak in unintelligible languages or they do this or do that, which is completely out of the realm of all physical understanding, maybe even speaking in a completely ultra state of reality. Purely and simply, being enlightened can create that pathway because it means that it changes your whole vibration index into a different platform, into a different state of reality. That is part of the reason why when you are in that state of bliss experiencing it, you become oblivious to time itself. Mm, Yeah. There's actually a really insightful um, video on the internet from a, a brain researcher called Jill Bolte Taylor, and she ironically had a stroke. And um, why she was having this stroke, rather than be someone who would be fearful and worried, she was just in awe that she, being a brain researcher, that she could study what a, re- a, a stroke is like on herself. Yes. And what happened was that her left brain side of her brain shut down. And then within that moment, she knew that it was the right, the left brain. So it was the left brain that shut down. And then she lost all limit, limits. She didn't know where her body started. She didn't know where it ended. But yeah. she just became completely blissful and one with the whole of the universe and just yeah. felt amazing. And then the left brain would switch on again. And then she knew that she was in the body. She knew where her limits were. She had communication. But yeah. then it shut off again. But she couldn't speak when she was in the right part of the brain. She couldn't articulate no, it was really. But even watching that experience, it's almost you relived what she was living. It, it really was quite phenomenal. Yes, absolutely. So that's quite right. It's part of the reason as well why it is that chemically, what happens to your physical brain and the physical actuality of your being present in the physical world when having an enlightened experience can often lead to different states of reality becoming confused within your oneness of mind purely and simply as well because you have no outer extremity you have no barrier and no point of reference simply because where you find yourself is without the place of one-on-one, which is where you are when you're in physical reality. When you are in physical reality, you relate to things, to matters of distance and time, as the same way that it takes you time to put food into your mouth from your plate. 
that is the product of one and one. And when you are in a different state or alternate state of reality or bliss or perhaps empowerment or some other such thing, your disorientation is completed by the absence of one and one. So in effect, the left part of the brain, is that the, the if you look at the, the human body as a computer or the brain yes. as a computer, or that is the filter that allows us to... Uh, navigate this reality as human yes. beings so you turn yeah. the left part off so is, is it the right brain that allows us to see it from the oneness or is it just the case that left brain's being switched off that you are seeing it from the oneness just the case that it's being switched off and that the other part is in a sense uh, always in the registry of your spirit yeah. That doesn't mean to say your spirit's in the physical body because it never actually uh, emerges into the physical reality. Yeah. Your spirit remains in the spirit world all the time. It's merely tethered by the etheric bead through your solar plexus. Sure. So the personality of myself, is that a, my creation in, in, you know, in this human body? So it's a creation that I've mastered through this lifetime like i'm an act it's like my spirit if you like is um is coming to play a role in this but human your body spirit, but your spirit my dear friend didn't organize your physical brain or your physical embodiment yeah that was at the whim and at the will of the genetics and the code of dna of which your physical body became a part simply because of the instigation of your both of your parents at yeah. that time. So is the personality that is me and is many other people quite predictable in a sense that, you know, due to the genetics, uh, due to the, the upbringing, the environment, it's kind, of, it's kind of a predictable outcome of what that personality type would be like? I would suggest, my dear friend, not completely, that in actual fact, there are parts of the pathway of personality vis-a-vis uh, -vis morality and the codes of ethic and emotional discharge and connectivity and attraction, which are sometimes at the behest of genetics and sometimes are influenced by genetics or the DNA pathway, or environment. There are environmental curses that will be brought into the value of life and that will e express exertion on or energy within certain parameters of your well-being or your outlook or to do with your justification, your description, how you make images, how you produce one and one, how you actually understand about the relativity of your life are not necessarily coming from your spirit, but may well be enhanced or superimposed by situations coming from your physical body, reality, biological state, and all of the other references I've just underlined. Mm. So it's, it's a real com complexity, isn't it? There's so many different factors that really make us who we are. But I guess it's the, the you know, is it, the way I, I hoped it would be is that depending on how beautiful or, or, more, or connected you are to your own spirit, you're allowed, you're shining more of that beautiful light through into this physical body, if you like. Yes. So you're, show, you're actually being more in, in, in tune with who you truly are, your, your true spirit, your beautiful spirit, if you like. Yes, that doesn't necessarily mean, however, dear friend, that you would logically or knowingly understand it was the case that you were acknowledging your beautiful pure spirit it may not be that at all it may be that you're completely oblivious of your beautiful pure spirit and in actual fact it may well be that what you have to your fingertips are not sight or even sound maybe you don't have any of those vestiges of uh, uh, sensing but that you have other senses and yet still you are able to magnify all of those conditions you've just said and you've just uh, brought about, yes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, just quickly to round it up, um, you know, there's, there's two situations um, you could 
someone could go through and I've, I've kind of read about inspirational stories where you might have one person or two people that had very similar upbringings um, where they've had you know, tragic events or they might have um, had parents that uh, disowned them or some, something that created bitterness one person may have gone off and used that situation to create something positive or another person might have just gone down the route of bitterness and, and just end up being angry with the world um, yeah so although life chucked very similar situations at a person it's kind of how you deal with it using your free will um, that's right and that my dear friend is why we always try our very very best to encourage all beings to take responsibility for what they create, what they do with their life, with their world, with their footprint, how they organize themselves within the meager physical world is not necessarily something of an adversary, but is and should be at the most delicate balance of harmony possible, purely and simply because your children to come after you have to have a place. Spirit have to have a place where there can be physical reality made and met. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, well, f- thank you very much, Gregory. Um, we're actually at the end of the show now, so um, very, very interesting topics I think we've discussed there tonight, and I really hope people can take away some knowledge there um, as well. God bless, and may every essence and energy of your journey be your rightful place to take. God bless upon there. God bless, dear friend. Goodbye. If you would like to book your own personal reading with Gregory to find out about your own soul journey, then please visit the graphic banner underneath the show or visit www.spirit-teaching.com.